Okay, it started. <clears throat> Put on my wind thing. I don't know if I really need that here. I keep losing it. Coffee? No. I haven't heard from her th uh, today, but I heard from her the first of the week. Norma's doing really good. Hi, Glenda. Yeah, she she good to did. see you on here. Glenda Dutton is probably one of our ones that's on almost every Sunday. Rita, good to see Rita. Robert, how are you guys doing? Well, this did that work, Ann? All right. If it doesn't, I'll share it later. Okay, we're continuing our study on We Are the Light of the World, and uh, this is uh, on the third chapter of my book that I'm writing, so I'm getting my proof copy tomorrow on Romans. I'm very excited about it. It's like getting a Christmas present in, and I'm going to add a couple more endorsements. Sean Luby sent his in today, so I'm going to add that to it, and then I'll release it, and it'll be available for people to order. So I hope thousands and thousands of you order it out there. <laughs> Every publisher wishes that, or author, so, but, you know, I was thinking about this this morning when I was going over my notes from last night, and uh, I just, I know it's a simple question, but if we are the light of the world, what are we supposed to do? Shine. That's right. You get an A, baby. <laughs> Let your light shine. Isn't there a song like that, shine, shine, shine? I remember that light. I'm going to have to get the lyrics to that song. But we're supposed to shine, and it's no good if you're a light and it doesn't shine. Uh, and if it doesn't shine bright, you know, for most of our lives, we kind of shine, but not real bright because we wasn't quite, quite sure who we are. And in my house, if I find a bulb that doesn't shine, I discard it and get another one. You know, thankfully, Father doesn't do that. We just need to be taught a little bit more. And so if we're to experience our Holy Spirit life and others are, then in experience, we must be willing to give birth to all that we are and want to, you know. Uh, at, I'm reminded at Valerie Robinson's church, they wrote a song several years ago. You got, you got to have the want to. Y'all remember that? She used to sing that all the time, and it's, it's, it's true. And the Apostle Paul, over and over and over, would say, "Let, let, let." He would use the word. It's that part is our responsibility. Once we let the light shine, then the light's just going to shine. Once we let Holy Spirit function in us, then our Holy Spirit will do what it's, it's designed to do. And it is our life. And every time I say it, I mean Holy Spirit. So our spirit can be seen upon us if we will only stay focused and in tune to the voice of spirit. Whatever I stay focused on, you can usually tell it by my speech. Would you agree? Yeah. You can just say, well, Roy's been watching a lot of violent movies lately because he's He's saying words that come from that, you know, or he's kind of angry or whatever. Or you can say Roy's been watching a bunch of mushy movies and lovey movies because he's hanging on his wife all the time. You know, the, you can just tell it. And so uh, if, if we dwell on spirit, then whatever's of spirit's going to come out of us. And our speech is going to be that way. And we, we look at our wife in the morning, she's got a beautiful dress and we're just going to compliment her and tell how gorgeous she is. Uh, there's a reason for that, folks, but I won't share it. <laughs> I'm just giving my friend a hard time. But the Apostle Paul said that he experienced a, a lot of pain uh, uh, of his followers of what they were going through because he saw them struggling with letting their light shine. And, you, you know, the scripture talks about how he was, he was uh, 
Oh, what's the word I'm, I'm trying to... Oh, travailed. He travailed. He, he experienced their travailing. And I, I can understand that. I experience yours. I experience people that I teach, the travailing that they go through, because it's very hard. And the hardest travailing, literally, uh, not that they're any holler, uh, harder for other people, but pastors who are parts of denominations or parts of even a non-denominational church, and yet they've taught their understanding of the truth for so many years. When the greater light comes... There's great travailing goes on when you try to bring your people up. Uh, I experienced that at Tree of Life Fellowship. Uh, and then I experienced that at Desi Life Center. And then we experienced this here when people come that kind of hear what we're saying. They want to hear more. But then, you know, it's tough. And so it's a travailing that goes on. And I understand that. I know the resistance is very strong. The greatest place the resistance is is right here. Like Brother Garner used to say between our years. Uh, Donna is the closest to me, and so when we're here and I'm studying and I'll come in and tell her something or whatever, it's still kind of hard for her. You know, she'll say, you're not going to say this, are you? You're not going to say that, and I understand it because it, it is different. But if you think you're travailing, what do you think about me? I'm travailing because I want to make sure this, this is true because I know there are a few people out there following me. And a few people out there following Kay, what Kay says. And so we want to make sure that what we say is right. And that's why we concur with one another. And I call Butch. I'm sure Kay has people besides me and we concur with one another. But more importantly, we know without a shadow of doubt what we're saying is true because we're hearing it by our spirit. And we know the voice of spirit now. And also it brings us comfort and it brings us peace. I don't worry about what I teach because I know it's true. Okay. So every person is designed... At, at creation with a particular mission, <laughs> and a particular mandate, and each one of us have light that we're supposed to give. And I can't tell you how your light's supposed to shine. I can't tell you where your light's supposed to shine. I can just tell you your light is supposed to shine. And if our light's not shine, then we're living, in my opinion, a very dim life. <laughs> and if you don't have much light flowing out of you, it's not fun. And I think that's, you know, I, I, I go to doctors a lot lately and I can't wait to the day I don't have to go anymore. But they'll always tell me something. They, they've all tried to put me on all kinds of drugs and I've just said, no, I'm not. If, you, if it can't cure the problem, why take it? Don't experiment on me. But they do tell me things that I need to do to make me feel better. You know, I'm going to physical therapy. I'm, the, the physical therapist said you need to work up to riding the bike for 30 minutes at a time. Right now they're doing 10 and then go to 30 and then go maybe an hour and all these things. And if you do, you will feel better. And if you feel better, then your body can get well. Correct? So it's the same thing. But it's my responsibility to do it. And, and they're not going to listen to me when I say I don't feel like it because they know I don't feel like it. And I'm not going to listen to you when you tell me you don't have time to read my books or read Kay's books or listen to the videos or watch the videos because I know that's the answer. Not, not just us, but it, the answer is to feed your way out. Correct? Yes. Yes. And feed on truth. So we want, what we want to do is there is a... There is a uh, not a measure because we all have the same measure of light, but uh, there is a, an anointing on you that is on no other person whatsoever. And it's there to cause you to accomplish what Father has birthed you in the, this earth for. I strongly believe that every person has a mandate, a mission, a ministry on their life. Every person on planet earth. 
because we are the cherubim. We are people of blessings, and we're all to bless people in way, one way or another. And mine was told me in 1988, and I know what it is, and I have never let it go. I can't let it go. And so what we want is we want to understand these things if we will open our innermost awareness so wide to our spirit. See, what, what is it? What is it that causes people to seek Holy Spirit most of the time in their life? It's a need that they have, right? Problems, a need. We want more of. We think we need more of God. We think we need more of Jesus in our life. We sing all those songs, and it's always about me all the time. But what we need to do is open ourselves wide to our spirit, and we will learn uh, in our own understanding. We will learn of what Father wants for us to do and what our mission is. And when you're doing what you're called to do, it brings fullness of joy. You know, I've told people for years, if you're working at a job and it's just a J-O-B and you hate it, quit. Go find something else or go find something else, then quit. <laughs> I should say it that way. But whatever it is that's your passion, go do it. Because if you don't do it, you're going to be miserable. My passion is writing. My passion is teaching. And I enjoy it. And in my last few years of working for Dignity Memorial, and I love that company. I spent 22 years with them, was very successful, helped a lot of people there. But I was always thinking, man, I wish I had more time to write. Man, I wish I could travel and preach and teach. But I had a J-O-B, but I liked that one. I liked it. I enjoyed it. But I, my calling was this. And what I'm doing now, and I am going to do more and more and more, it brings fullness of joy to me. And I've told every one of you, uh, I'm very sick, but when I'm in there studying and writing, it's just like it just kind of doesn't affect me whatsoever. And so I just need to teach 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I guess. <laughs> but I know it's going to change. But we want to find out. And as you do this, you find out that Father God loves you eternally because Father God is working through you. He's in you. Father is in us by, as Holy Spirit. But as you open yourself up to Spirit, then you find true love. When Donna opened herself up to me, and when she opened her, uh, opened her, I mean, I opened myself to her, we found true love. The, the walls go down when true love comes forth, right? There's nothing to hide. There's no worry. There's a lot of people have been hurt today in marriage and in relationships, and they've put up walls. You know, I have a couple of friends that both of them have been hurt in previous marriages, and both of them are not trusting. You know, and I can understand it's not hard to tr it's not easy to trust anymore. But if you really love that person, all that other stuff goes away. If it's real love, if it's true love and you can open up and then there can be a wonderful relationship. So same thing with father. People have been hurt because they had a wrong perception of father. And so they thought if they gave father all their money that they would be blessed. <laughs> that doesn't work because father never asked for all your money, did he? Father owns everything there already is. We should have thought of that. God needs 10% of my money. God needs me to do this to bless me. I don't know why we didn't think of that. So the majority of people who follow one religion or another, uh, they think that crucifying themselves daily is what they're supposed to do. And they take scripture about how Paul says to carry your cross and all that. And that's just talking about carrier revelation. Walk about in your earth with this revelation of what Jesus came to reveal. But they think crucifying themselves daily with do-to-be laws uh, should bring joy and perfection, and that's not true. 
but yet we constantly sit under that kind of stuff. Tell me what I need to do. Tell me what I need to do. And if you have a ministry and a religion that they don't know what to do, then they're going to come up with their own ideas because they're always going to be trying to please God. But what we need to see, and this is very life-changing to me, is we need to see the tragedy of Jesus' life ended with his crucifixion. It ended with his crucifixion. Yes. Yes, the tragedy of Jesus' life that he was rejected. He was sent in the, in the darkness, and the darkness knew him not. Yes. And darkness means no understanding. The Mosaic law, the, all the leaders were in great darkness. They had no understanding of God's true love for people. And because of them having control over the people, then the people ended up rejecting him too and saying, crucify him, crucify him. Those people that he fed bread to, those people that he healed, those people that he walked among men and loved them and showed them the love of God ended up out of fear, hollering, crucify him. That's the tragedy of his life. The joy of his life began in the resurrection. And the resurrection he literally entered into being a, a master teacher. He, enter, he entered into being one who could step out of the spirit or in the spirit because he came and he appeared to people after his resurrection, did he not? And he walked among men. He was seen of many people and even says in scripture that many other people who had died have been seen. So in other words, they, God was trying to show us something. That the spirit realm is not some planet a million light years away. It's right here with us. And there are those, this great cloud of witnesses that surround us. I don't know how many there are, but there are many master teachers that have full understanding that step out of the realm of spirit and minister to people or do whatever they need to do. And then they step right back up. Or they translate. And I'm going to show you some scriptures here a little bit about this. And I'm not trying to teach that we need to learn to translate. I'm not teaching that. If God wants to use us that way, then that will happen. But it, it's not that I'm trying to learn how to do that. But, but it wouldn't bother me one bit. And I know Carl would like it because he doesn't want to fly 12 hours to go overseas anymore. And I told him it'd be nice if we could just step into a translate booth and go. I just want to make sure it works for several other people. <laughs> but I'd rather just translate in the spirit, not with some man-made device, right? <laughs> Because they do make mistakes. I might end up inside of a boater or something. So I believe the joy of his life was when he really began to minister to people through people as spirit. People, people talk about how Jesus is in them. Well, the same spirit that was in Jesus is in you. The same spirit. Jesus, the earth walking man, is not in me. But I am one with Jesus, the earth walking man. Because there's only one body. So if you want to say Jesus said something to me, go ahead. That's fine. I've said it many times. But when I say that, I'm saying spirit, the voice of spirit is speaking to me. And the voice of spirit is guiding me and, and leading me. So Jesus continued to be the greatest of all master teachers. And I've said this many times in the past. And I've thought about deleting videos, but I'm going to leave them there for people. But I've said before that the Mary's little boy did not come out of that grave. But he did. He did. Now I have greater awareness and greater understanding that Jesus revealed the eternal love of God, that he never left man in that state. He, pe the people that believe that their loved ones are asleep in the grave, they need to hear this. They need to study the truth. They're, they're not there. That, that body that they lived in, yes, it, it perished. It's gone. But they have an eternal 
and I believe a, a, a glorified body. I believe they have that body because I know people have seen their loved ones. Yes. And I know people have felt their loved ones and they've heard their loved ones. And it's not that God's withholding that. I just think sometimes people tap into spirit and they see. They need that really bad to bring them comfort and peace. But I do believe there will be a day that we all open our eyes wide and we see all of our loved ones around us and this great crowd of witnesses because I know the book of Revelation, they're saying, how long, Lord? And I just believe, I may be wrong, but I believe they're saying, when are they going to open their eyes? When are they going to wake up and live in the cool of the day again? Because living this way, we've convinced ourselves that we've got pretty good lives. But I'm telling you, it's nothing like life and life more abundantly that Jesus came to reveal to us. So I do believe Jesus is still here, just like everyone else who's fully entered in the realm of spirit and took their body with them. So Jesus is one in experience with the power of Holy Spirit within him. That's what Jesus had in this earth walk. He was one in an experience. I know I'm one with God, but I can't tell you I'm fully experiencing that oneness. Because when we experience that oneness, it's a different kind of life. And I say this all the time. If I'm one with Bill Gates, intimately one with Bill Gates, I'm of him. I'm his son or whatever. Then my life would be completely different. And yours would too. Correct? And so we are one with the power of spirit, but being fully aware and experience it is the great need for all of us. That's what we need to do is experience it. One thing to know something, another thing to experience. So Jesus said, I've come to make you understand that you have life and life more abundantly, right? John 10, 10, he said the thief, which was the law, came to the Mosaic law, came to steal, kill and destroy. It destroyed your conscious awareness. It destroyed your subconsciousness. And then literally doing all those do-to-be works destroyed people's bodies. And it destroyed their relationship. But I have come, I have come with a better religion. I have come with a better understanding is that you have already life and life more abundantly. You have eternal salvation already. You have divine health already. Everything that you've been seeking God for you have it already. I like that religion. <laughs> I like that teaching. So it's, it's the, this, this life is the greatest power of every power there ever was in the universe. This life is that is greater. It, I, capital I-T, it is the central of all things. It, everything flows from spirit. Everything works from spirit. When God spoke to the sun and said, shine, spirit empowered the sun to shine for eternity. How many millions and billions of years did that sun shine? We don't know. And it's very foolish for science to say in a million, million years, it's going to cease to shine. You know, they put it way out there so they'll never be proved to be a liar. <laughs> right? It's easy for me to say something's going to happen a million years from now. But how about right now? I say your life can shine right now. And I say your light has never gone out. It's still there. It really is. But we have just kind of covered it with a shadow, and that shadow is, is, is a lack of understanding. But God is breathing over us today and hovering his life over us today, just like he did planet Earth in the beginning when he said there was no form. And he breathed the very life of God. He, he hovered as a mother would a child over this whole creation and let the light shine. Amen. And when the light shone over the earth, what happened? Vegetation began to grow and everything began to take place. And so all we need is light. All this earth needs is some light and some understanding. 
So the safest place for anyone is in the divine purpose of Father. Father's purpose shades us from the false lights. Father's purpose burns away the false lights, which are sidesteps and things that dims our vision. You know, uh, condemnation and shame and all that, it dims our vision. It makes us sink within and, and, and hide and don't want to go out and speak because I'm not worthy. You know, I've done this or I've done that. There's a lot of preachers that don't preach anymore because they've done things. That does not stop them from preaching the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So this, this power that's flowing out of us and the, the, this uh, flowing that God wants is the very reason that God created you is because he wants his life to continue to flow. Don and I had children. You guys adopted children because you wanted to pour your life into them to continue your life, right? You know, uh, to me, I, I think it's sad sometimes when a couple never had children. They don't have any family. They live really, really old. And then there's nobody to leave their inheritance to. Nobody to leave their pictures. More important, nobody to leave their life with whatsoever. And I've met people like that. To share their life. So we gave birth to children because we wanted to reduplicate our life and to share our life. So, so it's very simple that Father, God is a Father. And so Father created people to reduplicate his life. And it says that in Scripture. When you look at the Greek and Hebrew, it says reduplicate in exact likeness, in the very exact image. And so I'm fully aware there are many man-made predicaments in our nation and around this globe. There's a lot of stuff going on today, and it's really sad. I saw a couple of things this week that almost made me want to cry. One of our, uh, there's a, the, I guess the Summer Olympics are going on or something. Something's going on, but the people that are swordsmen or whatever, America, I think, got second place in that. And one of the guys took a knee when the National Anthem came forward. And I think it's a disgrace. You could not like what's going on. You cannot like situations, but you should respect the United States of America. Honor your flag. I believe that. And it's a disgrace that that's going on. Another one, somebody was mad at Donald Trump because of what's going on in the immigrants. And she used all kinds of words like F him and blah, blah. It was horrible. If I would have said that about another president, Facebook would have blocked me. They would have took me off. But it was a really big rant on there. And I want to say something. We are not, we do not hate Mexicans. Yeah. Our president does not hate Mexicans. You're believing a lie. You're believing a lie that the opposition to him is saying, and he's not against Mexicans. He's just enforcing a law that if you want to come to our country, you have to come the right way. Apply. And when you've got thousands of people trying to pour across the border, and it is proven that the majority are not Mexican. They're from other parts of the world then we can't handle it. And so wake up. You're being lied to. This is the greatest country on planet Earth. There's no other country like America. The, the systems we have, the programs we have, the technology we have, the love we have for one another, it's a wonderful, and we say all people are welcome. All races, all creed, everybody's welcome. Just come in the right way. Amen. I hope it's all right for me to say that. But it really stirred me up today. And so there are predicaments going on. But every nation has problems, did they not? I'd rather live in this nation that has problems than other nations that have problems. So there are people who are clothed in great knowledge. And there are people who are clothed in understanding who are rising up 
to meet whatever presents itself against true life. I believe Father God is equipping us uh, with those of us that's been following after truth and we're learning these things. He's, uh, Father's equipping us to be able to come with some instructions to people. I, I believe there's people in the science field, the medical field, every field there is, that great light is beginning to shine on them to bring us to the place where we can live in wholeness. And so uh, none can touch, I believe, or deface the vessels that Father has fitted for such a time as today. I believe nobody can do that. I believe nobody's going to stop us. No matter what's set against us, it can't be stopped because there's something been put in order in our day, and every day there has been. But I, and, I, and I think about this all the time. I have some old books. I have some books from the 1800s where people taught a lot of these truths. Yes. And they said these things are going to happen. They didn't say when. They just said they're going to take place in the United States of America. And I believe they are. And the reason I believe we're in that day that they're spoke of is because of the mass amount of people who are coming to this light. In their day, people thought they were crazy. People condemned them. They lost their ministry. But we are a people that have no ministry to lose. <laughs> Amen? Amen? I don't have a crowd to lose. <laughs> you know? And on Facebook, I have to tell you, on this one page, Roy E. Richmond, there's 5,000 people on there. I get... No opposition. Amen. I used to get opposition all the time, but I get no opposition. I don't see people posting on Kay's page where they're fighting her and arguing with her. So that's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And then think about the people they're ministering to. It's like, like I said last week, it's just it's growing exponentially. And so I believe we're in a great day today. Our, I believe our complete victory is in our union with our Holy Spirit, not seeing our Holy Spirit as separate from us. Amen. And therein is a real problem today because most people, most people called Christians, they see Holy Spirit as separate and other religions see God as separate from them. Yeah. That God's out there, we're down here. And we're always trying to get to God or attain God. The very fact that people want to go to heaven someday tell you they don't believe they're one with God. And one of, that's one of the questions I get asked so much. Are you telling me there's no heaven? Well, I'm telling you there's no planet called heaven. <laughs> And if you will look up in the Bible, the word heaven means the abode of God. Where does God live? In us. Jesus said, I'm going to place to prepare that prepare for you that where you're at, where, where I'm at, you will be also. So what he did is he went to the cross to stop the sacrificial system. He went to the cross, which, which is a societal judgment. He entered into a death that man wanted for him. So we would be awakened to the fact that we are already holy. We are righteous. We are son of God. We are the throne room of God. And scripture actually said, let us boldly enter into being the throne room of not God, not boldly enter into the throne room of God. If it said into the throne of God, then where is it? Do I have to die before I can boldly enter in? No, Paul was saying right now, boldly enter into being the throne room of God, the dwelling place of God. So, when the man of God came to Mary, again, and I pointed out last week, he told her the power of the Holy Spirit, which is God, would set apart the child she was carrying. She was already carrying that child and hide them both for a time. And he will be called God in us. My key thing on that today is Mary said, be it unto me, according to your word, be it unto me. And I long for the day when people will hear messengers that are teaching the truthful word of God and it will reverberate in their spirit 
They will hear a spirit so much that their, their spirit will say amen and they will say, be it unto me. I see that on Facebook on all the time on Sundays, people are agreeing with it. But some people, you know, struggle uh, for the first time in a long time. One gentleman questioned me and it's OK. He said, show me scripture. You know, that's OK. I will if you'll call me. I always put my phone number on there. Call me and I'll explain it to you. I put the video on that somebody sent me where a retired Catholic priest told about the church making up hell. Did you see it? And I was, I did, somebody told me that was a long time ago and it just leapt inside of me. I said, finally, there's somebody admitting it. And then somebody said, well, what about all the other Catholic uh, priests that are serving now? Well, they can't. They can't tell the truth because they're working for them. If I found something wrong with Dignity Memorial and I thought it was wrong and while I'm working for them, I get up and speak against them, I'm going to lose my job. But if I'm retired and they have no power over me, I can speak truth. Same thing about religion, isn't it? But yeah, it was powerful. And I won't go into all that, but uh, I, I, I'm looking for people that will say, be it unto me, because they're in, so in tune to the spirit that they know it's correct. And if it's something you don't understand or it doesn't quite fit with you, call me. I've told people, I don't know how many times, here's my phone number. I'm open. I'm more than welcome to talk to people. It's easier to talk than it is to message one another. It takes me too long to type out an a, a, a experience that I can tell you in just about five minutes and explain it to you. So um, let me get to back to where I was. All right. So I, I was thinking about this last night, and I just, I just saw this conversing with the intellectuals. That's what we want to do. We want to converse with intellectuals. Uh, I told all of you that I'm reading a book about the masters uh, of, of the Eastern religions. And a lot of people would look at it and say, oh my gosh, you know. And the writer of it in 1845 or 95 or whatever, he said, I'm going to present these things to you and it's up to you whether you want to believe it or whether you don't want to. If you don't, that's just fine. But my spirit inside of me believes it. Because everything they did is the same thing Jesus did. Everything they do is what Jesus did. And Jesus said, these works that you saw me do, you shall do more. Okay, has an explanation of that more. But I'm just thinking it'll be more because it's in a many-membered man doing it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we look and we grit our teeth and we think, oh my gosh, somebody, you telling me that somebody just can travel 10 miles and with no time whatsoever can just say, I'll see you after a while and just be there? Yeah, I do. I'm, I believe that. But I also believe that I am not seeking for that. I don't want to reproduce bread just so I can say, look what I can do. That's a magic trick. Mm -hmm. I want to do whatever is required of me is what I want to do. When people come to me or I hear spirits say there's a need here, and, but I don't believe that'll even happen. I'll just believe all of a sudden I'll just be there if that's my purpose in life. But my purpose in life is to do what I'm doing. But there are people that I believe with all my heart, and I may lose some people here, but I believe that they have either died and went on to the spirit, but they, they are messengers unaware that show up and help people. I believe there are people who have taken their body and translated and moved around and done what's needed. And they only do it as the spirit guides them 
not out of a selfish reason. Not, not to do a magic trick. Here, let me show you how to translate. I don't need to be shown how to do anything like that. You can't teach people these things. You can't show people their way. But you can exemplify, right? All my life I grew up in churches where people told me what I needed to do. But that person that told me what I needed to do, their life did not exemplify that. I'm going to. I'm going to here in just a minute. Thank you. I am going to do that. Uh, but, but there are people, like I'm saying, if I want a pastor that if they're teaching me how to live, I want to see that in their life. If they're teaching me to love people, and I, th- I, I hope you see that that's one of my main attributes that I function, is I love people. I love to bless people. I love to talk to people on the phone. I, I, I love to give everything that I have to people. I give more books away than I ever get paid for. I do. I had a lady yesterday ask me, and I just, I did what I wasn't going to do. I just sent her a PDF file. I didn't, I don't want to do that because some people can take that and, and reproduce my books. And I don't want to do that. My books aren't that expensive. But I, I, I just believe that if you're going to tell me I need to live this kind of life, then you need to show me. Don't tell me. Show me the way. What did Jesus do? He showed us the way. He didn't come and tell them they had to do anything. He just said, I'm coming. I'm here to reveal you the way, the truth, and the life. He said, look at me. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. Now, some people say, look at me, and they're not the way, the truth, and the life. And so people have blindly followed them because they were after better humanhood, right? I want the peace that comes with it. So... I'm aware what I write and what I'm getting ready to say here. If you you hear this as a secret truth, you will see the truth in this. When man finally awakens to the voice of Holy Spirit in them, they will no longer be taught to prophesy or perform ministry gifts or all those things that people want. They will be found conversing with the intellectuals of the cool of the day. What happened to Jesus when it said the, the child grew, he waxed strong, and he grew in spirit? I'm telling you, there's some truth in that verse. He learned how to live as spirit. He learned how to allow spirit to lead him and guide him in all things. He learned so much how to tap into spirit that he conversed with the intellectuals of that day. And he also conversed with the greatest intellectual, which is God. And I also believe he conversed with Moses and Elijah and everyone else that had great understanding and great wisdom. I believe he was taught by some of the greatest teachers that were ever on this earth. I believe that with all my heart. Is that strange to you? Because he had to learn. He had to grow. He knew the, he knew the law backwards and forwards. He knew the word. So he, he was at 12 years old. He was conversing where the Bible said with doctors, doctors of, of uh, theology and understanding. And, and they were confounded by what he said. So, uh, as the boy, Jesus, uh, he had no thought of his parentage. He had no thought of his race. He had no thought of his creed. And when that happens, you come forth in your own God-given expression. Quit worrying about your race, people. Quit being offended about everything there is. There's a group, there's a 
there's a people out there that want to make us offended about everything. And if you can be offended, then you can be angry. If you are offended, you can believe a lie. If you're offended, you can't love. You can't let your light shine. And so the political system is just like the religious system and all other systems. They're trying to promote fear so they can get anger. And guess what? They got the answer and they do not. Their answer is enslavement to their creeds and their ways of living. They believe that all of us should have the same amount of money, no matter what you do. If you're a doctor or if you work at 7-Eleven, you should all get the same pay. But guess who gets the rest of the money? They do. I haven't seen one of them yet that gets up and totes socialism and all this stuff that they're living that way. I haven't seen one of them empty their bank account out to help the people coming across the border. Right? I'm not getting political. I'm just saying the systems of this earth are lying to you. We're not to live out of the systems of this earth. We are to live as the kingdom of God, which is knowing we're righteous and know all other people are righteous. If you're upset about something, then you go take care of it right where you live. Right? Go take care. And if you want people to come over here illegal, open your doors to them. Don't tell us we have to open our doors and you're not willing to open your doors to them. Well, I'm going to get in trouble here. (laughs) But I just believe this. So we want to be moment by moment led by our spirit without exception as the light of understanding and wisdom is seen clearly. We are led higher and higher and higher. If you're not led higher and higher and higher in your understanding of truth and it's not constantly getting higher and higher, then you're stuck. And I don't want to be stuck. I sit in that office and I study and I write and all of a sudden more light comes and I sometimes I get a little scared. I mean, the last three or four weeks, maybe, maybe a month or two, I've been seeing these things about master teachers, and it's just like, I'm not afraid of it. Used to, I would be afraid of it, and I'd throw that book away, right? But I'm not afraid because my spirit in there is giving me peace, and I see it in Scripture, and I'm going to show it to you in Scripture here. But this light's great for us, and and, and, you know, I, these messengers, we, the Bible says that messengers all through the Old Testament, messengers were sent of God. When it said the angel of God, the angel of the Lord, it was always a messenger that came to speak to somebody, wasn't it? And you see that over and over and over. So we also will be moment by moment led by the voice of our spirit. Now, Ann and Carl's heard this, but I'm going to say it for Facebook. And Donna suggested I do it, so it confirms that I should. Uh Last week, I went to Rochester, Minnesota. I was, I was there, supposed to be there Monday through Friday. And I booked a flight, went in on Monday. And uh, Tuesday, I saw the doctor. Spent about $1,500 and saw a doctor for 45 minutes. And that was a little disheartening right there. Not that I wanted procedures or whatever, but I thought they were going to do some more tests or whatever. But he began to explain to me, looked at my CT scans, and he was a great doctor. I, not, I have not had one doctor that went in detail and walked through my CT scan and I went through my whole body. You know how CT scans do sections? 
He showed me all the air in me, and he said, it's not gas, so y'all need to stop thinking that I'm just full of gas. <laughs> but he was just showing me what was air, what was bone, what was organs, and then he showed me a, a, um, a cyst on my left kidney, which confirmed that there's one there, but it's not growing, so it's going to go away. But then he showed me my mesoteric organ, and he showed me the inflammation and the scar tissue there, and he said, this is not real serious. He said, you have it. But he said, I don't believe it's what's causing your problem, your pain, your weakness and all that. And then he described to me what he said I had. And he said, my conscious awareness is, is, is uh, heightened so much that I'm aware of everything in my body. I'm, like right now, I feel my feet, I feel my back, I feel my hips, I feel inside of my organs, I feel everywhere. And he said it presents itself as pain. So he said that's what the problem was. So they wanted me to come back every week. Well, I can't do that. So I'm supposed to find a set of five doctors, and I forget the name of it, but I'm not going to tell you the name because that's not why I'm telling you this story. Yeah. But I'm just telling you that because, uh, oh, it's called a pain relief multidisciplinary treatment. Pain relief multidisciplinary treatment. So as I left there, I felt a little sad, felt a little discouraged. You know, thinking this is all I came for is a 45 minute appointment. And that's it. And so I, I didn't feel real good. So I decided I'm going to go home. I'm not going to stay here this week. I want to get back to Donna. And so I go to the hotel and I try to rebook my flight that I'd paid for with mileage. And the lady cheated me. She took advantage of my situation. She said, well, you're going to lose that flight completely and you have to buy another one. And I said, well, ma'am, can't you trade for it? She said, no, I can't. And it ended up in $520, which, you know, it didn't kill us, but I just, I'm out of work right now. So that kind of saddened me a little bit. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to go have breakfast before I leave. So I went to have breakfast and there was a spiral staircase coming down the third floor of the hotel. And I looked over there and there was a young man came down. When I first saw him, I had this awareness that he didn't belong in this environment. He didn't fit this environment. And I, it was a real fast happening. And he had a, uh, a floppy hat that like you wear to keep the sun off your head. His clothes looked like he was on a African safari, his boots and everything. And he had this real old, old leather backpack that I'd love to have hanging off of his right shoulder. And he came running down those stairs as fast as he could. He came right up to me, got in front of me, stopped me and looked me right in the eyes. And he said, sir, I see eternal perfection in you. And it just took me back because that's what I've been teaching. And so as he flies by me, I turn around like this to look behind me and I'm walking while I'm looking backwards. And I said, sir, sir, I wanted to talk with him. And he said, I don't have time. I have many more appointments I have to meet. And I turned back around to catch myself so I could just turn around my feet. When I turned around, he was gone, just not there. And I knew right then that a messenger stepped out of the realm of spirit and reminded me that I have eternal perfection in me. I believe. And I don't believe just because that's happened. I've had it happen in other times in my life. But I still believe that Father God has messengers to help us. They're full. When I say full of Holy Spirit, I say, I say they're fully aware of who they are. And they're messengers of the Lord. And they can step out of time, they can step in a time, or they can just be here like us. Uh -huh. I can be a messenger unaware to you, and I have been, and you have too. 
I've been in people's lives where they, I, I just felt impressed. I need to tell them something. And I tell them and they start crying. Tears come in their eyes. And they say, I've been praying for God to help me. And here you are. I've had that happen. And I know you have too. So I believe this. The, uh, the prophet Habakkuk, is that how you say that? Habakkuk? He wrote, be not forgetful to entertain strangers. And I use that with people all the time. You need to be willing to entertain people that walk up to you. You need to be willing to talk to people. If you have this feeling inside of you that you need to meet that person, it may be a reason that they have an answer for you or the other way around that you have an answer for them. And there's too many people that say, well, I'm bashful. I can't do that. I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm busy. Well, unbusy yourself. I've said this for years. You're not going to Walmart to buy some groceries. You're probably going to Walmart to be a messenger. I've experienced that many times. You're not pumping gas just to pump gas. There could be a person right there across from you. And if you would just say hello or say, well, it's a pretty day or I like your car. What kind of car is that? You never know how the conversation might go to where they have a message for you or you have a message for them. And so we forget this in our life and we miss out on so much. We miss out on the Christ in them. It's one thing to know that Holy Spirit's in me, but I also know that Holy Spirit's in you. And you may have a little more clarity on the subject, or you may have been meditating last night and heard, go to 7-Eleven tomorrow and get some gas. Or you may be driving down the street and you have this strong desire to pull in somewhere. Instead of fighting it, do it. Because you don't know there might be somebody there that's stuck under a car. Or somebody that's desperate and they have no money. If the Spirit's telling you to do it, then you'll give them money and you'll help them, right? Yes, so be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained messengers unexpectedly. Do you not think, do you think I expected that Tuesday morning? I didn't expect that, but I knew things happened like that. I knew it's going to be okay, but I didn't know that God was going to just overshadow me with more peace and say, I see perfection in you because I made you perfection. Yes, amen. I made you holy. Yes. You know, and people are saying, well, then, you know, why don't you, why aren't you just well right now? I don't know. I don't know why it's not manifesting perfectly in me, but I know it's there and I know I am the manifest presence of God and I know all this is going to come into order. And if God chooses men to do it, then so be it. Either it's going to be that way or I'm just going to wake up one day and it's going to all be gone. Either way, see me perfect because I'm perfect. I told you, how many times have I told you that I look like a Greek God? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So here, here's some examples here. First Kings 18. I'm getting warm. I think it's anointing coming on me or something, but I'm getting warm. First Kings, what? First Kings 18. Obadiah said of Elijah, he was carried by the spirit to many places. Many places. Don't look it up, baby. Listen, John 6, Jesus' disciples started crossing the Sea of, the, of Capernaum. And when they were about three or four miles into their eight-mile journey, Jesus appeared on the water. He didn't walk three miles on the water to get to them. He appeared on the water, and he walked over and got in their boat. Isn't that cool? Yes. <laughs> oh, but that was Jesus. Well, let this same spirit 
Let the same mind, which is spirit, be in you that was in Jesus. Yes. And he became what? A servant. He didn't become a rock star. He didn't become somebody that you can go to the, the, the great uh, coliseums of the world to get him to hopefully heal you. He came to the people and he appeared to people more than the Bible tells us he did. Acts 8, Philip, and I've said this many times, Philip enters water to baptize a eunuch and the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away and he ended up in A-Z-O-T-U-S, however you pronounce that, Azotus or something, and he kept preaching the gospel to Caesarea. How do you think he felt? <laughs> he must have transported before. I believe so. 2 Corinthians 12, Paul spoke of a man who was caught up in the Spirit and heard and saw things that were not permitted to speak at that time. That was him. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. He said, whether inner body or outer body, I don't know. Mm -hmm. That was probably his first experience for that to happen. Mm -hmm. And some people say, well, he was asleep and that was a dream. No, mm -hmm. he was awake and he was caught up. Mm -hmm. He was caught up into the heavenly. Mm -hmm. He saw things that were not permitted to speak at that time. People weren't ready for what he saw. People say, well, why... Has this not been taught before? Why didn't my pastor not teach me things? Well, the time wasn't there yet because the, they, haven't, they, they wasn't pressing in for that. Second Kings 5, Elijah said, Don't you realize that I was in the spirit when Na Naaman stepped down from his chariot to meet you? There was a discussion like where he was. And he said, I was in the spirit. I was traveling. There's several places where Elijah traveled in spirit. He would go here. He would go there. He would go all over the place looking for, I forget who it was he was looking for, but he would just translate to Norman, Oklahoma. Well, he's not there. Well, let's go to Chickasha. And he'd translate to Chickasha. And literally, that's what it said. He went to many places. You remember reading that? It's in your Bible. I mean, no, we just kind of let it go over our head. Ezekiel 8, Ezekiel is lifted up into the sky by the Spirit and transported to Jerusalem. It says in a vision, but it happened from God and was taken to the north gate of the inner court of the temple. He was taken on a journey of about 500 miles as the crow flies. That's what it said in, on Google, as the crow flies, from Babylon to Jerusalem. And the phrase visions from God indicates that he is in a spiritual form, but taken to a very real physical place, the temple. And he traveled. What do you think about that? He traveled. He saw things to tell to the fathers of Israel. So heaven's visitations are always to clothe us with new light, to remind us of the light that we have, which is what happened to me, to actually to confirm because I knew it, but it needs to be confirmed. It's one thing to know something, but when you know something, as I said earlier, I had some opposition coming against me. Sure. What the doctor said, and then a lady was cheated me, and I tried to get to, you cannot get to United Airlines in the United States of America, only in the Philippines. And I love Filipino people, I do, but they can only do what they can do. And they can't understand you half the time. So I went through a long struggle with that, but the Spirit of God reminded me, I have perfection in me and I also have peace. God is my peace. So new eternal truths I think are coming faster and faster as light, and light is understanding. Uh, I believe the light comes to those who have let go of the old understandings, who are willing just to say, you know what, Pastor Roy, 
I don't understand these things, but I know what I've believed in the past has not helped me at all. Has not brought any help in the earth. It's just been a bunch of winds of doctrines, right? And so I'm going to let go and just be it unto me. I, you know, how can we say I don't want this? How can we say I don't want to be Holy Spirit, to be Son of God? How can we say I don't want to be a cherubim and bless people on the earth? You know, one of my favorite dreams I've had for years, do you remember what they are in? Flying. Oh, okay. I knew you did. <laughs> Flying. I, for years I flew. I, I just, and it was wonderful times. I'd fly up over forest and then sometimes I'd be in about a 10-story apartment play, I mean a shopping center with escalators and the escalators would be packed and I'd just go over the side and I'd just fly on down and land and people would look at me. And then in the end, I was teaching other people how to fly. And that was a great revelation to me. And that's what I'm doing today. I guess that's why I don't dream those anymore, but I wish I still could because I liked them. They were fun. And so I, 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 I believe there was a great light coming to me at that time in my dreams that I was going to fly high in the spirit. And I was going to help other people fly high in the spirit. I'm tired of being a lowlander. That's what, like, uh, Philistines mean dust dwellers. There's another city in the Old Testament that were carnal, and they were called lowlanders. You know, and that's who Adam digressed down to, to the lowland. Lowland is living in this earth, carnally mindful. Nothing wrong with planet earth, but we need to live on planet earth spiritually mindful. We need to realize that we are masters of this earth and speak beauty over it. You know, I'm, I'm still impressed with the Lord showed me when Jesus excuse me, spoke to the storms when the, the, the disciples were worried and they were out in the sea. And what he did, folks, is he stood up and he said, you were created to be perfect, so be perfect. In other words, just do what you're created to do, and that's water the earth. That's it. And guess what? The storms obeyed. He didn't say stop. He didn't say peace be still. He just reminded the clouds what they were created. See, that's what we need to start doing. That's what you, I wish you would do over me is, 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 is all you guys out there everywhere because there's no distance whatsoever. It's just say you were created to be whole. Your mesenteric organ was created to function properly. Your awareness of your inside of your body is not necessary because it'll take care of itself. But just speak perfection. You were created to be perfect, so be perfect. Well, that's the way to pray and speak over people. So heaven's visitations, again, are always to clothe us with new light. We need to remember that. Revelation 4, John is in the spirit, witnessing one sitting on the throne of glory, which is humanity. He, he saw God in us, sitting in the throne of glory. Ezekiel 40, Ezekiel transported to the land of Israel and sat on a very high mountain, and Father revealed some things to him that he was declared to Israel. And there are many, many more references in the Bible of people being teleported out of situations or even in imminent danger. I was reading on in Google, because I've done some searching for people who have been uh, teleported lately, and there's a man that was in China, and there was a, uh, there was a big protest going on, and I, don't, I think he was a minister, a pretty popular minister or whatever, and the Chinese government was coming to kill all of them, and he was transported out of there, just literally transported out of there. And many people were there, and they saw it. He just disappeared. He was just gone. And so, again, 
I'm not teaching that we need to seek to be transported. I saw pages that said, teaching you how to transport. I don't need to be taught how to do these things. I just need to let my Holy Spirit do what it wants to do. But I need to believe that that's who I am. I am, you are, everyone is supernatural. But what happened with man is they became supernatural as the word Damion means, a supernatural spirit of a bad character. They brought, they allowed a wrong character to come into their life instead of the character of God that they were created to be. So they use that supernatural power for wrong things, if you would. Many people have tapped into spirit, tapped into the knowledge of God. They've been given the knowledge of God, but they used it to bring them glory. Right? You've seen that, haven't you? And that's why, and I, forgive me if I offend you, but I don't like multi-level marketing programs too much. Because it's always something that somebody had a dream from God and it's the, it's the answer to every problem there is, but it costs a whole lot of money. And they go start up this big program and get, everybody's going to get rich. It's, it, greed is, comes in the factor. And that's what happens with a lot of giftings that people function in. That's why I said when you wake up, you're not going to want to learn how to prophesy and how to give words of knowledge and how to heal people and how to do all that stuff for your glory. You're going to seek your spirit and then your spirit will guide you what you're supposed to do and where you're supposed to go. Now, many people today believe we're in a day of judgment. You ever heard that before? We've heard that most of our life. Thinking father's coming to judge the evil people in this world. Every time there's a tornado, a great hurricane, God's judging New Orleans, God's judging California. God never judges where they're at though. (laughs) it's always where somebody else is at but remember what the word judgment means what was God's judgment from the beginning that you're righteous and you're holy and his judgment was a decision and a declaration and a decree let us make not let us excuse me God God made man in resemblance and God gave man mastership over the entire earth And then God made man male and female to reproduce himself. That was his judgment. That we are literally worthy to give birth to him. See, when I married Donna, I was looking for a woman that was worthy to give birth to my children. I'm kidding. (laughs) But you know what? She, (laughs) but she was worthy to do that. I loved her. I knew her. How many times have you heard uh, some man that falls in love with somebody says, I want you to have my children? I think that's pretty intimate. Don't you? Carl, did your wife say that to you? (laughs) Y'all were too young to worry about that. (laughs) But really, I've heard that many times where a man would say, I want you to have my children. What kind of intimate statement is that? And guess what? God said, I want you to give birth to my children. That's pretty neat. That's intimate. That is love. I just want you to think about that a little bit. So we're not seeking this, but it's vital, it's, it's vital that we know that there are messengers in the earth. And we know that there are teachers in the earth, master teachers, that, that have their area of expertise that we need to learn. When you go to college, one professor doesn't teach you everything, do they? They're, they have mastered a certain understanding, and that's what they teach you. So we have many master teachers in the earth. They may not have mastered, you know, transporting to China to teach, 
but they've mastered the ability to grind the word out and make it palatable so you can understand it. And so we need that. We, so what we can do is we, we want to get away from our sensual desires and, and get in tune with our spiritual desires. And I read this other day, and I like this a lot. I think I watched it on a video, an, an encouragement video. But this gentleman was talking about how our body craves things. You know, I think it's more our subconscious. I'm not consciously sometimes desiring ice cream. But my subconscious, because I talk about it so much, and I do love ice cream, sometimes I'll be sitting not doing anything, and I hear, I'd like some ice cream. I'm not thinking about it. Maybe a commercial came on from Brahms, and I unconsciously see that. Do you realize how much you see on TV that you're not consciously aware? And I also believe when we record things and we fast forward it, I believe our brain sees all that. I believe literally our brain can see every bit of that if you're watching it. So shut your eyes when you're fast forwarding. <laughs> but I do believe that my subconscious has my inner thoughts, my inner memories, and my inner desires in it. And sometimes it speaks to me and I crave that. My body is the, I don't know how to really articulate this, but my body becomes the manifestation of that where my mouth starts tasting chocolate almond or whatever it is, and I begin to desire that. And I'll give you an example. I'm taking gabapentin, and that's what the doctors told me to take, and if I don't take something, they're not gonna treat me. So I've chosen that's the one thing I'll take because it's helped lessen my migraines, and so I'm thankful for that. But my pharmacist told me this would happen. I take 1,800 milligrams a, a day, which is enough. I don't want more. You can go all the way up to, I don't know, 3,600. But he said, your body is going to start showing you signs that it wants more. And it does. When it gets to be time, I took uh, three times a day. It, when it gets to be time, I start feeling this kind of burning, itching feeling like I need something. And I realize it's time to take those pills. Well, sometimes our body will say, I want something that's not edifying. And what this guy said we need to do is we need to practice as sitting down, relaxing. And when you hear, I'm going to go check on Facebook and see what's going on. I'm going to check on Twitter to see what's going on. I'm going to go to my email or whatever it is that distracts us and robs us of our time and just verbally say, sit down, body. Be still. And shut your eyes and envision what it is you want for your life. And he said, practice that daily, if not two or three times or more. But there has to come a time in our lives where we tell our body to sit down. And we say, a subconsciousness, shut up. This may sound silly to people, but you talk to yourself all the time, don't you? You hear voices sometimes your voice and it's not the voice of holy spirit right because if it brings you fear or worry or doubt and this gentleman said when you wake up in the morning most people when you wake up you're thinking about something that happened yesterday you're reminded of something you're worried about you, you know like me when i wake up the first thing i feel is this sickness come over me this wave come over me and it affects my whole day so I, i'm practicing it myself and i'm just saying sit down be quiet, and it could be just when you're walking around the backyard or whatever, then envision what it is that you want. 
And it's a godly want. It's not a carnal want. And so what I'm doing is I'm seeing my body as a big old vessel, which it is. It's a vessel. And it contains 100% spirit. But there's an illegal image inside of me that is a lack of health. Okay, so what I'm doing daily now is I'm envisioning this big vessel and I'm saying I want that vessel filled with the divine health that I have. I'm not saying I don't have it. I'm just seeing it. I'm envisioning that vessel full of health. And then I'm saying that vessel is me. I'm putting an image to it and our imagination was given to us to what? To imagine the things of God. So I'm not just telling you to do it. I'm, I'm showing you how the Spirit of God showed me to do it. You do it how you want to. But I think we can start visioning ourselves as spirit. You know, we can't see spirit. Je- Jesus said spirit's like the wind. It goes where it wants or whatever. But we know spirit's real. And so literally, I want to vision myself as spirit and allow spirit to show me what that's like. And in so doing, we begin to function out of our spirit. It's enough, not enough for us just to know it. We've got to start being it. We've got to release our spirit wherever we go. Let your light shine. So let us vision the day of rest that is already dawning on our soul. We can contract control of our thoughts. We can refuse to allow our body's sensual desires to master over us. And it can be all kinds of sensual desires. And what I mean by sense is what satisfies the senses. Ice cream satisfies my senses. It does not satisfy my body. Like I've said a hundred times, if what you're eating, you're just eating it and eating it, and you can eat a whole gallon of ice cream, or you can eat a whole bag of potato chips, the reason you're doing that is because your body is saying, give me more because you're not giving it what it needs. So your, your body is not satisfied with one dip of ice cream because it's not edifying to the body. It's not bringing nutrients in. It's bringing sugar and fat. And I'm not saying don't eat it, but it makes you want more. But if I eat broccoli and I eat two or three heads of broccoli, I don't want any more. You know why? Because it satisfies my body. My body goes, mm, that's good. That's what I needed. Correct? So if we're feeding on spiritual food, we're satisfied. But we, but we do want more because we want more for other people. You know, I can read enough to find out that God's happy with me and God loves me and just quit. And there are people that's done that. There's people that's come to Tree of Life Fellowship. I'm sorry I'm going along today, but I got this is awesome to share what I'm sharing. But there are people that's come here and they heard that if they die, they're going to be with the Lord no matter what. And then they just go on and they're satisfied. But they're willing to live a life far below who they really are. So that's why Paul said, now, brethren... Are we the sons of God? But who we are renders apparent to us. When it renders apparent to us, we will know we are just as Jesus was in his earth walk. First, he says, are we sons of God? Yes, we are. But that hasn't rendered apparent to us yet. But when it renders apparent to us, we will be just like Jesus was in his earth walk. We will be blessing people and we will be used of Holy Spirit. That's what I want. And I've, re- I've done that before. Father, I want to be used of you. But it was the Father out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. I want to be used of my Holy Spirit. I want to live and move and have my being out of my Holy Spirit. I want to tread about in life as Holy Spirit. My body is Holy Spirit. We are a soul. Yeah. 
We are a soul, a, a living soul, because God put his spirit inside of us. So when a man is fully alive to their heritage and what they have, then they're going to enjoy that. And what happens then is your spirit is, command, is in command of your being. What has been in command of us? Our sub, the stuff in our subconsciousness. Our religions that we, we submitted ourselves to. Financial institutions that we followed what they wanted us to do and refinanced everything we had. They're in command of us, aren't they? they we have to work extra jobs just to pay back that loan. The medical industry, when we submit to them and take everything they tell us to do, they are in command to us. I know people that never ask the doctors, what will this pill do? What are its side effects? Is this going to cure me? Do you think you can cure me? They just blindly. I've had people that's been treated for cancer, and I say, what kind of cancer is it? I don't know. What, what, what is the stuff they're giving you? I don't know. I just go take it. Well, ask questions. Because you're giving them command over you. And that's what we've done. So Father's plan for the life of man cannot be fulfilled in idleness and chasing experiences like a concubine. Father's life cannot be fulfilled in you when you're saying, well, we're waiting for God to do something. When you're saying, you never know what God will do. Father's life cannot be fulfilled in you. When you're waiting for a God up there to do something for you or do something in the earth. Father's life cannot be fulfilled in you. And how many people are saying, well, God's in control. We hear it all the time. No, God's not in control. You are. God in you is in control of this earth. God in you is in control of you. You're the master of the earth and you are the master of yourself because you are God embodied. I'm not saying separate from Father God, but because we are one. I'm telling you, it's like Bob Mills told me when I wasn't comfortable in my position as general manager. He said, Roy, I hired you to represent me. Whatever you say, I'm going to back you up. Because why? Because he trusted me. He knew my background. He knew that I could manage a furniture store and he trusted me. I had to know that. And when I did, then I became very successful. So we teach others by way of example, and I've already talked about that. We want people to follow us as we follow Holy Spirit in us. And that's what the Apostle Paul said. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. What he was saying, follow me as I follow my Holy Spirit. Too many people have followed people that are not following the Holy Spirit. And we shouldn't do that. So the same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus is in us, right? No less or no more, for there's only one Spirit. And we also are to preach the good tidings to the depressed in awareness, to spiritually govern those who are crushed, bound, and held back by the teachings and doctrines of religiosity, and open their eyes that they may see their beauty and experience joy that they too might be called a strong teacher of righteousness. I took Isaiah when it talked about what Jesus was going to do and paraphrased that. That's what we must do. Amen? So hope you enjoyed that. And I know I went about 10, 10 minutes long, but I think I always do. <laughs> so yeah. we appreciate you very much. And all you guys out there watching, hey, Reuben, I don't know if I've seen you on here before, but thanks for visiting with us today. But we love all of you. We bless you, and we will see you next week.